0: You're listening to The Science of Superpowers with Tonya Dawn reclaher Listen here, read the book, and dive into the experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Science of Superpowers. I am delighted about today's conversation. We're going to be talking all about get up under the root, right? What Okay, what are you talking about, Tonya, right? So, so you know, through the SIFA process, we talk all about the importance of staying rooted in staying rooted into the sense of self, into ourselves, into into our connections with each other, into the earth, right? If that's our thing and beyond that, if we, if we can envision beyond that, how important it is for us to remember the, the bigness and vastness of who we are, especially in moments when we want to constrict and pull it all in and go, ah, this is crazy, you know, and and freak out and lash out at people. That's when it's most important that we choose to stay embodied and choose to remember that, that not only do we expand deeply into ourselves, but, but we connect in with each other in ways that we do not totally understand still. Um, And those connections are really, really important. And so today's conversation um, is really exciting with uh, Amy Wong is joining us. She's the founder of always on purpose She's also the author of Living on Purpose, Five Deliberate Choices to Realize Fulfillment and Joy. And in her work, uh, this was where the synergy really lit me up. What is She focuses on the fact that, look, we can't just look on the surface, right? We all know this to be true. And Many of us tried, right? Many of us have tried to skate the surface and stay on top of things and not dig too deeply into those dark places that were like, ah, you know, and 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 only to come to find out that they're the most brilliant and beautiful, embracing whole and authentic aspects of ourselves that we're robbing us of the experience of. We're rob, robbing each other of, um, and that's what we're going to get to talk about today. Is how do we make the choice to stay in those spaces that are our greatest strength, our greatest wisdom? our greatest connection, right, our greatest sense of self and purpose. Um, really, really beautiful things happen when we make the choice to be wholly and fully who we are. And so that's what we're going to be talking all about today with Amy Wong. Please join me in welcoming her to the show. Welcome, Amy. We're so glad you're here with us.
1: Now, Tonya, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so excited for this conversation. <laughs> we're going to have fun.
0: <laughs> Very cool. For sure. For sure. So let's start with what are your superpowers and how do you use them for good?
1: Well, got two, I think, and the first is I, and I think this was due from just my my big time passion and obsession for math growing up. So I studied math all through my life, and and in the process of that, I realized that my superpower is to be able to listen for all the stuff that people don't know that they don't know that's getting in the way of true seeing or clear seeing. And that, you know, something I think I honed really early on in the process of teaching math, but, and I recognized, well, it's not just math is one language, but we do this, I can do this with really any language, whether it's the, the words we're using right now or body language, it's, it's really listening for that stuff mm-hmm. that people, that are blind spots. And so how I use that for good, for sure. It's, that's the stuff that, that really gets in our way of true thriving. Because it's not the stuff we know, it's not the stuff we don't know. Because we can address those two buckets. It's the stuff we don't know that we don't know. <laughs> so I can yeah. hear that. And, <laughs> I love and, it. And and, and and I can not only hear that, but then the second superpower is to be able to translate what it is that I can understand in a way that's actually heard. So it's the ability to com- mm. uh, translate complex concepts into very digestible, understandable packets uh, of information that are heard in just the way they need to be heard. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. I love that. You're, you're singing my song there. It's the, the synthesis, right. And the, and the ability to, to take, and I, and I think I dare say that, you know, those of us who, who have superpowers, if I will, as we call them, the, you know, these abilities to kind of see beyond what's obvious and and hear beyond and feel beyond sense beyond. um, And I think that's what, we're expanding into as humans, as humanity, our, our willingness to entertain the notion that there's something beyond what we previously thought was possible. And um, every time we expand into those spaces, we discover more about ourselves and each other. And there is a richness Beautiful. in that, right? There's messiness, there's mm-hmm. messiness. And clearly, that's what the world is saying, hey, we see this now, right? We see the messiness in our exchanges, we see the faulty foundations we've used to build our relationships with each other. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes from not having a strong sense of self, Mm -hmm. right? Not being able to hear that, see that, know that for yourself. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a delicate line, right? Because Mm -hmm. we, some of the stuff we can't see without reflection um, and so that leads to a lot of the abdication and stuff that we see in the coaching arena of like, okay, well, tell me how to do it. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, <laughs> we have our own innate guidance and inner inner abilities to to follow our own paths. We, you know, <laughs> that's that's in our estimation a God given right. Like, that's part of that part of being human, right? Whether <laughs> whether we're into the God thing or not, like, however we explain to ourselves that we came to be, it is part of the makeup, right? All of the human operating systems come already built with it and mm-hmm. so once we can understand that about ourselves we start interacting with each other very very differently and so mm-hmm. i love that you talk about languages and mm-hmm. math as a language and the patterns that you're able to see how did that first start like like you speak that as though like it's easy to say oh yeah i have these abilities and i could do these things and and that's a walk in and yeah. of itself in this world how did you come to even give yourself permission to say wait I think I'm good at this. Like I can do this thing and it's valuable, but how, what was that like for you?
1: Oh, well, you know, it's very young, starting at a really young age. I was super fascinated with all things, consciousness studies. And I remember, you know, my, my mom and my grandma, very metaphysical and, you know, as young as seven, eight years old, some of my gosh, best, most, Cherished memories are the three of us sitting around my grandma's kitchen table up at, at up at their farm. And all we're doing is talking about just the nature of the universe, how thinking is causative, how mm-hmm. you know we are all connected. And I just was I was so enthralled. And so I think starting at a really young age, very reflective, just very, very, very curious and very reflective on just what the heck's going on here and how this thing called existence might really work. And when, when I, when, when math really became a a big focal point for me. And I just, I don't know what it was about math itself that just, I think it was really, well, I mean, maybe here it is. It's, it's, it's the language of the universe. And I think my soul knew on some level that getting really good at this was going to serve me in the long run. And I became so enamored with just the the art and the science, just the elegance of, of mathematics itself. And what I was really passionate about was getting other people excited about it. But I couldn't do that by talking about it. I had to do it by teaching it. And so, starting mm-hmm. in high school, I started a tutoring business. I also had, I play piano as well. So, I also had my own, I was a piano teacher and I had my own, I had that was another business that I did. So, teaching was a very big part of my life in high school and then I went to UC Berkeley and I taught there at UC Berkeley as a UGSI for math and and I recognized it was it was in high school I recognized that you know as I was tutoring these kids that it wasn't what wasn't lighting me up so much was that they got the concept it was helping them break through a block that they didn't know that they had and it was it was recognizing that wow you know in in listening to their logic and listening to their argument and just watching their body language, I can discern what's missing in their thinking that's keeping them from asking the right question. Because the moment they can ask the right question, they're golden. The moment they get what it is they don't get, they're golden. And I can create that bridge. And so I think I just started getting really good at and very artful in how I created that those bridges, recognizing that every person was different and how people heard and how they how, how they needed to be presented information was different. And it just became such a, it was almost like breathing for me. It wasn't, a, it wasn't effortful. It just kind of flowed and it was, there was so much flow in the process. And so then when I went to Cal, I'm doing this at Cal, I could, I it became even more evident as, as that, as I was, you know, playing with this. And then I ended up in the tech industry. I worked at Sun Microsystems for about 10 years. And I would, I was, I I did a lot of I many roles in that in in that phase of my career. And again, I was always I would always find myself in these roles where I was translating between, you know, say development and end user. Or and so it's this role of translation, role of and recognizing wow, all of this is happening in language. All of this is happening in this medium of communication. And so today you know, I've been a coach for over a decade. I founded Always on Purpose in 2011, and and I I mainly work with leaders and teams. And my sweet spot it really is it's it's all things communication, and I I, I focus really heavily on all aspects of it because it's so interesting for folks, and it's so. Everybody wants to get better at communication and whether that's public speaking or team dynamics or interpersonal interactions or pitching or negotiation or just trust, how how we build trust. And that became just, I was so interested in the ins and outs, the arts and science of all of this, because I recognized, you know what, this field of communication, this is where everything happens. And if you get this right... <laughs> We can do so much. And so, but then because of what I know about just how we operate, because I my master's is in transpersonal psychology, I'm also very, very clear that communication is a symptom and it's a symptom of the relationship we have with ourself. So if we, and so I see communication not only as a medium for transformation, it truly is an entry point for true evolution and transformation. So depending on where a client is or where I'm at with an engagement and how far I can kind of push, (laughs) how deep we can go, like, you know, it's we can catalyze transformation at all levels. And so, you know, to me, I kind of see it's communication, language, roots that we're talking about. It's all totally related in this incredible web of just elegant complexity, but it's not really that complex, Mm. (laughs) you know,
0: at all. And I love that at a a functional level, you know, we're identical. We function the same, like our human operating systems are pretty easy to comprehend when we're willing to look at them. I think from that vantage point, that's why I like the conversation around math. Mm. Um, You know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't surprise me that we've, we've danced in some of the same circles from the tech industry to yeah. the you know, in my world, it was more electronic warfare and stuff. Understanding antenna theory and teaching human energetics because the wow, and it's all everything you just got done saying because yeah. it was deconstructing these constructs that we've built up around us that really kind of blind us to mm-hmm. to our innate abilities in a sense. And when we're able to to dig underneath that, now we can use those constructs a, 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 in service to and in, in in stewardship to. Um, our own innate brilliance, which, which I, is it's sort of flipping things inside out, which I love. We're going to take a quick break. Amy, I, I love everything that you're talking about. Make sure you go check out alwaysonpurpose.com. Check out her book, Living on Purpose. We'll have links to that on the episode page. And if you want to know what it feels like to feel those roots, to really understand your own inner communication, to to remember what it feels like to be guided by your own innate knowingness, your own intelligence. Make sure you go sign up for our next experience over at SIFA, where we want to make sure that you know how it feels to get back into the center of you. And, and we're excited to see you there. Go to alwaysonpurpose.com and check out Amy's work. Go get signed up at superpowerexperts.com for the next experience. And stay tuned because we are going to be right back talking all about Get Up Under That Root with Amy Wong. Hi, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts are you ready to master your life? Are you looking for more calm and peace, connectedness in your relationships, more clear communication, guided thoughts, and a confidence in your ability to come up with creative solutions no matter what happens? Then join us at our next experience. Go to superpowerexperts.com and get signed up today. Awesome. We're back. You're listening to the Science of Superpowers, and we're talking about get up under that root. How are we how do we get inside of ourselves get all up in there to make sure that we know what we're doing our inner games because that's what gets reflected outside of us it what it's what dictates everything cephas taught all of us that the 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 concept of, of how we express in the world how we how we energetically express ourselves dictates our experience right and and through the creative energy field activation model it it Allows us the opportunity not just we don't take it at face value like we can feel it right there's there's undeniable truth when we understand the resonance of our own systems to inform us of that truth and and when we hone that tool that ability if you will we can navigate the world really um, responding to those systems of, of of responses that that happen right they, the the stimulus comes in and and we have the programs. To, to respond to them, it makes us very efficient, optimized as individuals. So we can go about exploring more things in the world. But we're talking about really base level understanding of self, um, which on one hand is kind of depressing. It's like, you know, math a long time ago. And when are we going to choose to live above, you know, our base survival elements in, in a world where 99.9% of the time we're not facing base level survival needs? Um, and yet those programs still run through our systems. And so mean, I love everything that you're you're working on in your spaces and the fact that you're willing to get in there with folks and say hey um you know I'm not going to coddle this notion that we can just like wiggle our noses and manifest the the life that we want if we're not willing to look at what are the very foundational elements that are crafting it that yes. are creating it and, and I know we shared a little bit that we see this in our families we see this in in parenting we see this in um Child rearing, in particular, and how we're how we're encouraging our young people to move and navigate through the world, and and I see these younger generations as being something very very different because I was kind of joking, not joking. I'm like, I'm not sure there's anyone over the age of twelve in this country that that is harboring any notions that the adults of the world know what's going on, um, because I think we've proven to them that, that that we don't, and and it continues to be broadcast across mass media and social media that you know, when we get scared, we choose to attack. And what we're seeing in the younger generations is an intolerance of that. And, um, and I applaud it. I welcome it in. And I know that you and so many others are working um with leaders, um, with parents who, you know, people in corporations who have children, you know, because when we taught this stuff at the counter Intel school, what we we were teaching energetic communication and what came back was oh my gosh, this worked with my kids and oh my gosh, my spouse, you know, and and my marriage is better and our home life is better. And so I'm sure you, you hear very similar, um, reports back what, what's really on your heart or what are you seeing? Um, I mean, this is like a, at the fabric of our society, you know, what are, what are we really looking at? Because I do see a lot of light coming through. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's the, what, how would you encapsulate that? I know you're seeing those same threads.
1: Oh my gosh. So much to say here. So much goodness. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I would say, you know, the way my mind works, I kind of try to like try to boil things down to its basic axioms to, to kind of talk about like, just to make sense of all of this. And, you know, for me, what i have found in my work what i have found you know what works in general what just feels true on all levels is that you know the relationship we have with ourselves really is everything and it it's really determining the, the the what we are experiencing out there on every level every the relationship we have with ourselves meaning how do we regard ourself? What do we choose to know about ourselves? What do we choose to believe about ourselves? What is that relationship with self? And that relationship with self dictates, really determines the lens through which we look. Now that lens isn't objective. It's just the product of this relationship we have. And so as we look through this lens, that gives rise to the reality that we see. So that even the reality out there isn't objective. It's due to what we're perceiving from this you know that that is created from this relationship we have with ourselves. So this world that we're living is just the t- some t- some total of the pe- the relationship that people are are holding with themselves. And so what what I see when I look out in the world is there is so much disconnection to self. And we live in a time where we have gotten really good at distracting ourselves from minding this relationship with ourselves, And so as it continues to be fractured, we continue to live this kind of tumultuous reality that you're, I think you're, you're absolutely right. Like, you know, the, the younger ones are looking at this going, what the heck is going on here? I, um, it's, it's <laughs> fascinating. I mean, and I, I actually think, you know, the children, the younger ones right now, if they're not super duper fired up about making a change, unfortunately, they're very nihilistic about mm-hmm. what's what's happening. And I haven't really come across a happy medium here where, you know, I'm either looking at these young, beautiful children that are activists or just totally like, that's it. Why even try? You know, I'm not even mm-hmm. going to have kids. It's not even worth it. And it's it's just, it's a we're in a fascinating, fascinating time. And so for me, I feel like the thing that I can do the, the most good I can do the most impact I can have is do whatever I can to help shore up this relationship this you know to help people come back to themselves in truth because the moment they do that they they actually can see with real eyes, true eyes to see what's out there, what to see what truth really is, which is love, which is connection. You know, because when you when you know yourself as whole and complete, when you know who you are as whole unconditionally, you can't help but look out. I mean you just look out in the world and you see everybody else as whole and complete. Sure they've got they've got patterns and they've got funny habits and they've got you know, uh, false (laughs) beliefs, but you see the truth and therefore all you can do is be connected and and to love. And so, you know, it's that Mm. to me, that's really what I see. That's what it all comes down to um, is how do we help people recognize that the real work is this and it's at the root level. And when you address the root level, then everything works, starts to work out, you know, then the whole tree is healthy. That canopy is healthy. Mm. Yeah. I love that. And I,
0: and I I love the reminder that even though it might be the last thing we want to do in that moment or that we think we want to do, most of that comes from what we think we're talking about. Right. And, 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 you know, and we, we can kind of go, go some conspiracy theories on this one, but what we love to remind people of is that, you know, our roots are those space. I mean, those are us. Right. And yeah. when we come up out of those roots and we and we do, you know, that's, that's how the human operating system works. You know, when we have survival programs, the stimulus comes in and we're guided to call, bring all of our energy up out of our roots so that we can react in a way that um, is OK to dehumanize others. I mean, at the heart of it, that's what we're talking about. Right. These programs existed so that in a life or death situation, we can kill instead of be killed. Um, you know, it, it, at, at its crassest, that that's what we're discussing: whether it's an animal or whether it's another person. Um, and most of us aren't facing those life and death moments in in every situation. However, our systems don't know that, mm-hmm. and so the second we respond to stimulus from outside of ourselves that feels threatening by pulling up our roots, we allow ourselves. We're basically saying we're going to cut off all connection to to anybody else and anything else, so that we can make a split second decision that isn't impacted by our emotions or our, our attachments to each other or connections, mm-hmm. And that's what allows us to annihilate people on social media. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of the worst political campaigns I've ever seen in, in my life here in this country. Um, to, I've never seen people take out, m- use more money to make someone look bad. Like it, mm-hmm. it is absolutely, and it, it's not that that hasn't been happening, but I, the heightenedness of that this, this season was, was um, incredible for non-presidential election year. And um, so so we have that happening in our country. And then, but but on the flip side, we also saw people joining together. We saw collaboration coming forward. We see real conversations happening in the spaces where people are being incredibly mindful about how they're investing their creative energy. And those projects are starting to come to the surface. Um, the the brilliance of those joined in in some form of light and love, some ability to see beyond ourselves and say, hey, wait, what are we talking about here? And are we okay with this? Because from my vantage point, you know, what happens next is up to all of us. Um, And I don't know if anybody's paying attention, but I think it's also really clear that at this stage, it's all of us or none of us, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's, we don't really have the option of continued infighting, Um, If we want to figure out how to move forward from this place and that, that isn't something that we're well-practiced in. And I agree with you completely that starts inside, right? What we Mm -hmm. see reflected is everybody's internal in battling essentially between the core elements of who they are, their creature selves and their creator selves, right? And then how we reconcile that within ourselves dictates everything about how we experience the world around us Mm -hmm. and how we experience each other. Um, and, and we're seeing that come out of the, the evolution of the masculine, right? Moving, allowing that aspect of, of, of our society to evolve beyond the pounding of the chest and the destruction of everything, um, which is crass in its representation. But we are seeing a real in depth movement in that area. And, mm-hmm. and we need to, because, um, because that's, that's one of the places where we have encouraged people to come out of the roots when, when people are disposable. You know it's hard to convince them to stay connected and to and to be sensitized to others when at the drop of the hat they they have to go off to war and and and, and so all of these things are old right and outdated mm-hmm. and it's I think it's something that the younger generations um would do well to to learn about and to understand because it's what has informed the world around them all while their um their challenge of course is going to be how do we supersede that um, I know our organization is has chosen to to shine light on that and to help them and encourage them to we're like we're we're going to we're working with the younger generations at this point and and trying to do our best with the older generations to help them understand just what's happened here. Mm-hmm. Um so that we can maybe give give our kids a fighting chance to, to to prepare solutions that have a chance of working and 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 moving us into the world that we all say we want. Mm-hmm. Um and at the heart of it I think that that's what drives us right? And it sounds like that thread runs really, really passionately through your work is Mm. um, our best chance is connecting with each other. Mm. Our best chance is communicating with each other. Our best chance is figuring out how to stop hating those aspects of ourselves that we refuse to feel internally. And so we we insist upon in battling with them outside of ourselves with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and those are tall orders and and we get it folks. We understand that, um, that, that we all have some concerns about where we're going, what's going to happen next, especially, especially those of you who have young ones at home and you look at them and, and you don't have a whole lot to offer about, Mm -hmm. about what the next steps are other than fortify yourselves, learn yourself, understand yourself, allow yourself to evolve and develop into all of of who you are, because that really is the best resiliency plan moving forward. Um, Mm -hmm. These children are incredibly forged at this point. Um, All of us have been. And if we take a chapter from their book, I think we can um, allow our own little inner children to come forward in a different way and say, hey, what if we had been able to create a world that received those sensitive, bright-eyed, loving beings Mm -hmm. in a little bit of a different way? And what if we start now? Mm-hmm. What if we start now? And I think we have the power to do that. Um, that was a that was my little soapbox there. Amy, <laughs> yeah, what I what love are it. some final moments of, of with final thoughts on? Um, you know, we we see the issues, we see the depth of it, but but we also get to see the brilliance that's coming mm-hmm. forward in humanity. Um, so what what can you offer our folks of? What's one thing that they can do in their lives right now? that where that changes how they see themselves how they see the world around them that puts them on a trajectory to finding that peace internally
1: oh boy gosh big question um you know my my immediately my my the there's two things that came in as you asked that question and the first is is to really reach within and to call upon that inner knowing and that 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 faith that there really is a beautiful like process going on that we really can't comprehend with our conscious minds, with our human minds. And as I think when, when we're experiencing so much strife and we see so much conflict and if we're watching the news and it's just, it's, it's easy to lose hope and it's easy to think that there's just, it's just crazy out there. But, you know, and if you, if you zoom out, And you really think about this entire plane of existence in total, you know, you can't help but just recognize that there's something beautiful. There's something, you know, so just trusting that it's all working out. It's all all in perfect order, even though it doesn't appear to be, because unless we can actually... Come to peace with what is on a grand scale. It's going to be hard, as you say, to to move into thriving mode, and the, those survival systems are going to kick in. So we have to find a way to to really find peace with what is, recognizing that you know there's 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 a lot more going on than our five senses can actually measure. And I'm going to trust that it's all in working order and all for our highest good. So that's that would be the first part of of what I would would just offer the second would be is to make a commitment to wake up. And I and I what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of us operate in an autopilot. And I think it's just because we're bombarded with so much stimulus and there's just so much going on. And and it's easy to numb our awareness to just exist. And when we do that, you know, our moments, which really are a collection of choice points, our moments get passed up because we just go into default mode and we're reacting rather than responding to life. And so when if we make a commitment to really wake up and to to be in the driver's seat of our own life, and that's what I really and that's what I talk about being on purpose. Because my whole practice is about being on purpose as an advert, not purpose as a noun, but like to be on purpose. It's to wake up, to be in the driver's seat, to just, to decide I'm going to harness my choice points with full awareness and recognize that I can, I can choose. I can make a choice to, to respond. And, you know, and I would say to be on that path of greater thriving and connection and love and joy, it's recognizing that you know, waking up isn't so much making choice at the action level; it's making choice at the perception level. It's like, what am I going to choose to perceive here? How am I going to choose to frame this? How am I going to choose? To, what am I going to choose to believe about myself in this moment? What am I going to choose to interpret? You know, that's happening right here. So, so harnessing choice, and and when we're fully awake, that's when that's when I think we can do our most good. So, I think those two things together could start to maybe create an opening for a lot more love mm. and joy.
0: Yeah. Powerful. And folks, that takes courage. It takes courage to just turn the TV off. It takes courage to say, you know, no, I know, I know many of us have, have, have a, having an on, on again, off again, relationship with social and mass media. And, and just know that you're, you're in charge, you're in control. You are the boss of you and you get to say what, what, sneaks in there. You know, we've run the network since 2016 solely for the purpose of broadcasting high vibe material so that you remember that there are other conversations. There are bigger conversations. There are other ways of looking at things. And while it's undeniable that there are some cracks in the foundation, there is light coming through those cracks, folks. And when you choose to look for it, you can see it. You will see it. And it will inform your next step. It will inform whether you, you speak that word or don't speak that word, right? Take the pause, take the gift of internal grace and, and do some assessment before you choose to create with your fear and watch what happens. Amy, delightful conversation today. I'm so glad to know you, to know that you're out doing your work in the world and all the brilliant ways that you're continuing to choose to shine. And uh, just know that you've got fans over here and we thank you for that.
1: Oh, thank you, friend. This has been a pleasure. And right back at you. Thank you for doing the good work in the world. We we need this. So I appreciate it greatly.
0: Beautiful. And to all of you out there, do it where you are, however that looks, even if it's just a, a hug, even if it's just a, a kind word, even if it's just a, a shining light to yourself. Hey, hey, I've got this, right? I've got this. It's okay. Right. And 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 you know, when all else fails, you can always just choose to go back to sleep and call, wake up the next morning in a different way and, and trust that that we get to we get to continue to do better mm-hmm. we get to continue to make different choices and um, and that's always available to us as well and we're gonna mess up and we're gonna mess up together and it gets messy when we mess up together um, mm-hmm. but that's okay and we'll get through it together so, Amy, thank you so much. And to all of you out there, as always, we love you. Go to alwaysonpurpose.com to check out Amy's work, especially her book, Living on Purpose, Five Deliberate Choices to Realize Fulfillment and Joy. Get over to superpowerexperts.com and sign up for the next experience. Uh, we love to have you there so that you can feel that inner knowingness and that inner truth for yourself. Folks, we love you. Love each other. Goodbye for now.